Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and at times a bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and today's episode is on last mile delivery, where we're going to hear from one of Panasonic's partners that specializes in dispatch software and solutions. My guest, Jim Ward, president and founder of Elite Extra. Today, he's going to tell us everything he knows about transporting people and packages from hubs to final destinations. Last mile delivery impacts e-commerce and ride-sharing companies alike. All share the same challenges, minimizing their costs, maintaining transparency, increasing their efficiency, and improving their infrastructure. Jim, on behalf of Panasonic, I just want to say welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here, Barry. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, So let's just hit it. You know, uh, the first question I have is, you know, I know you own your own company, you're a founder, which to me is hugely impressive. You know, why did you and Elite Extra come to specialize, you know, just in last mile delivery solutions? That's a that's a great question, and and the interesting thing about the phrase "last mile" is, um, you know, when you're in doing dispatching and you're involved with helping companies deliver their products, and that's been going on for decades. Um, you know, helping them create optimal routes, tracking their products. You know, working to make sure that they keeping their customers happy. You know, the 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 last mile delivery has really been going on for a long time. Wow. Um, the interesting thing now, certainly in the last couple of years, is for whatever reason, the phrase itself has gone a little viral. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, we have customers in dozens and dozens of verticals. It seems to be on the forefront of their minds. Um, so there's this new spotlight on it that um, you know, which is creating opportunities like this, obviously, to talk about what you know what most companies and us have been doing a long time. It's just that there's a big focus on it now with kind of the new disruption, the new trend in in retailing and e-commerce, and what Amazon kind of started in 2005 with uh, you know with Prime, which kind of shook the the delivery world a, a bit. And so that's really interesting. So when you say dozens of verticals, was there one vertical in particular that comes to mind that you first started with or that you focused on before it became, I guess, multiple verticals? Yeah, certainly. We, you know, when we got started, we had a courier company that had just picked up a new uh, type of customer and they started delivering for a retail uh, automotive parts chain. And uh, unlike probably their other business, there was this pressure, almost like delivering pizza, right? They, have huh. to de- they had to deliver it fast and they had people's cars on the lift they had you know kids in the waiting room probably you know (laughs) causing a ruckus so these mechanics want to get the cars in and out quickly so this courier was like geez you know i've uh this 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 new customers they're all so needy they keep calling me asking me when the part's going to get there we're like wow we're we're on our way (laughs) so they wanted an automated way to let their customers know because they just started getting a flood of phone calls and they thought they weren't satisfying their customers needs so you know, we were, you know, consultants and um, started looking out for a solution for them that would automatically help them do that. And um, at the time, this is going on a decade ago or so, there really wasn't one that um, was cost effective, I think, for their type of business. There were certainly solutions out there, but, you know, they were expensive. And um, so we just said, hey, teach us, teach us what you know, teach us your pain points and we'll build you something. You know, that's we were, great. Get you know we got into you know software as a service and doing uh, things in the cloud and and it done you know it just started with Android and iOS you know programming because that was about the time that all that kind of hit the whole smartphone thing so the timing was just perfect and um, so it went from automotive now to just basically any any business that delivers you know any commodity to uh, to a customer so yeah and I I love yeah. the fact that you kind of built your platform your business off a particular 
customer's pain point. Because that's hugely important to us as an organization. And it, it's funny that you, you mentioned that. So, so outside that example, you know, outside the usual transportation and logistic players, and obviously it seems like you've grown over that last decade, what other specific verticals or industries or companies are you seeing in your market? Yeah, no, great Great question. And I think um, certainly the spotlight has been put on, you know, our nation's kind of retail chains, right? That maybe Mm. traditionally didn't do a lot of delivery to the home. So the whole B2C market seems to be obviously blowing up a bit. And again, Amazon kind of started it. So everybody, everyone that has, you know, wants to sell a product is kind of forced a little bit now to think about doing more online. And then, you know, with that, comes the fact that I need now to deliver it instead of people walking into the mall or walking in down Main Street. And, and that's um, a good thing, right? Not not yeah. to interrupt, but that's a good thing for you, right? So people are thinking about that last part for online delivery. For sure. I mean, all of us, right? I mean, we're all guilty, I'm sure, of just <laughs> using our smartphone and clicking and, and right. uh, we don't need that toothbrush in the next 10 <laughs> minutes, but by gosh, if we can get it, we'll probably click. Sure. Um, but that's putting a lot of pressure on supply chains and certainly on, on retailers that just didn't know a lot about delivery in general to quickly ramp up and in order to compete and survive. So Yeah. Emphasis on quickly and, and with your help. Yeah. So, so so what are then, we already talked a little bit about how you grew kind of looking at an initial company's or customer's pain points. What are some other specific customer pain points you're seeing in dispatch and delivery? Uh, certainly the biggest one, I think, is that, you know, customers' expectations have changed, right? I mean, we keep seeing, mm. you know, it started with two-day delivery and now it's, it was one day and right. now it's same day. So that pressure from the top with the nation's largest e-commerce has kind of put that all the way down where customer, you know, businesses are kind of fighting to make sure that they keep their customers happy and they have these expectations that they want their, their products faster. They want visibility of the of the process right they want real-time alerts hey when are you going to come um or i want to specify a specific window it's like you know i don't want to have to worry about the product sitting on the porch and maybe you know being stolen or whatever it might be i want it delivered when i know i'm home so there's those specific you know things that need to happen um and then all of this of course has just kind of led to um you know, a shortage in drivers you know there's just a, wow. a national shortage right now with more and more people needing to deliver um you know, right now there's a, a driver shortage as well. So those are the the big pain points that certainly we see and deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, and so it, to me, just the going back, and you know, I'm not a, a young bird. I mean, same day delivery was almost unheard of like 10 years ago, uh, and certainly there wasn't you know, sort of thing as like real time visibility. So I, I can definitely understand that. Um, so when you talk about B to B and B to C, are there any companies from from Jim Ward's perspective, from Elite's perspective, that you feel are doing a really good job managing to that last mile delivery? You know, from the from the retail space, you know, certainly again, I think everybody looks to to Amazon. They seem to be the big disruptor. Right. And um, and then from there it kind of trickles down to, you know, Walmart obviously taking a taking a stab at them and trying to keep up or different or finding different ways to compete with them and getting people to, to shop. And so it's unfortunately, unfortunately you see it at the sort of the big box level where they have, you know, the money and the, and the capital to kind of invest in, in some cutting edge technology to, to, 
you know, to kind of, you know, race, you know, to get to see who can fulfill deliveries and get products in the hands of people quicker. So, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on, you know, everyone else, I think. And, um, but it's, it's interesting how it even trickles into the B2B space, which is, you know, where a lot of our customers lie, where they're, they're transporting wholesale goods from, you know, from business to business. Even that same B2C expectation has trickled into their world, you know, because we're all consumers. And even when we're at work, we kind of bring that same expectation, right. even though it's a B2B delivery. So, um, you know, I, again, it just it seems to be, you know, really starting with the big guys as far as who's doing a, a good job. But it, it, it definitely is changing everything all the way even down to the couriers. And we're seeing a lot of the couriers who are, you know, really kind of the nation's way of moving things around. Um, they're working now to, because they're a little driver short, they're working now to be, um, to operate more efficiently, take advantage of technology, change their business models a little bit to be more agile, to, to, uh, you know, to try to deliver more with less. So as far as like, you know, who's doing a great job, I mean, you know, yeah, the, the, those retailers are up there, but it's fun to see and work in the courier industry and watch, you know, how they're reacting to that and the changes they're making. Um, so it's, it's kind of exciting just to see that disruption change, um, uh, you know, a lot of ways and technology is a big part of it. So we get to be kind of in the middle of all this, this problem solving, which is kind of obviously fun for us. Yeah, and so and so, do you feel just going back to what you said at the top of that statement? Because I think it's important. Do you feel that that money and capital investment, I guess, in technology from the big box retailers, you feel that that's trickling down to the curves in some beneficial way, or are they are they struggling to try and figure out what that investment is for them in terms of managing to technology? Definitely. There, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, some seem to, you know, embrace it like they were kind of ready. You know, their business model was already in a, in a place where they could operate a little bit more on demand and be a little bit more flexible and agile. And, um, and then, yeah, you're definitely seeing some that um, are struggling with it, you know, just didn't have the experience or resistant to change, um, resistance to looking at and trying new things. Um, but it's, it's certainly a big opportunity for the whole industry in, in general. I mean, I know they're all busy. And um, so it's, uh, again, kind of a, a fun time. And I don't know if anybody really knows what's going to happen when all this is, is, is right. said and done, when the dust settles or how long it'll take. But there's a lot of focus on it right now. And against, hence why we're certainly talking about last mile, which is, as I mentioned, not even really or shouldn't even be a new term because it's been happening forever. It's just, wow, it's just uh, it's taken over. So Yeah. And, it's, it, and to me, it's always been kind of hard uh, just being in technology for some time, kind of reading the tea leaves, even if you have the money to invest in certain platforms. But, you know, to me, what I've tried to do is learn from, like, our mistakes from, you know, whatever company I've been working in. So I guess the next question would be to you, you know, as you look at, you know, helping some of these smaller kind of entrepreneurial companies, you know, what are some of the common mistakes or biggest hurdles you see some of these companies having in, you know, that last mile and implementing solutions to accommodate that last bit of delivery. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest uh, unfortunate thing that, that I, I'm sure we all are aware of when we work with different, you know, customers in a consulting level is just, um, you know, they just kind of knee jerk and maybe invest heavily in, in, in something that's just really maybe not the right fit for their business. Oh. Um, 
you know, if, if somebody might have a great marketing campaign or they do an awesome job on a sales demo and then, um, you know, you're kind of left or stuck with maybe something that just doesn't really quite work. And, and certainly what we've learned is, you know, no technology is one size fits all. Um, right. And so in, dis, in, in dispatch, especially, I mean, every business wants to has different processes. They have different ways in which they might carve up a territory and how they do their deliveries and what works best for them. And, you know, everybody does a little different. Um, you know, the nice thing certainly about, you know, our software and, and certainly some others is that, you know, we can customize. So as consultants, we go in and we first learn, you know, their process and their pain point. And then we tailor, if you will, you know, our interfaces to, and, you know, to kind of work the way that they need to work. And, uh, you know, you're not always a hundred percent successful, but we certainly try to get as close as we can. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame when you have to, when we go in there and I said, geez, you know, we were, we're a little skeptical. <laughs> we tried some dispatch, but it wasn't working. And then you kind of find out, it's like, oh, geez, that doesn't really fit what you guys do. Uh, and then you just see that, you know, that, you know, they've wasted money where they didn't need to and wasted time and maybe yeah. they lost some customers and it hurt their business. And, um, so that's always a little bit of a shame. And you, and you see that, you know, really quite often and more and more now as there's a little desperation, you know, as you try to compete with, you know, the, the online e-tailers of the world and, you know, you're maybe a smaller mom and pop or a regional and, you know, so you're, you're desperate. So you're willing to kind of maybe jump too quickly at, at investing in technology without able to do the due diligence that maybe is needed. Yeah. So. And I, I totally get the pressure of that too. I mean, having had to start from scratch or maybe even rip out, you know, uh, some, you know, API or interface that I've done and used in the past. So especially if you're, I guess, a small company, I, you know, it's, it never works out as quite as you expect it. But so when you when you when you think about like route and tracking systems and what you've done for some of your customers and your customer base, you know, how does that play with you know some of the, the big words that are being thrown around in the industry now, like analytics, big data, AI? Like how do the how do the two play, like route and tracking systems with those kind of, you know, big acronyms? Yeah, no, I think a lot of that technology is great for, you know, just the operational side of, you know, how you do your routing and, and so, much, so much of what they have to do or where they're coming from is manual. So let's find ways to, to automate that and, um, and using AI or some different, you know, other techniques to just kind of automate things a little bit, let them be more efficient, let them do more with less is certainly the, the big thing. You know, the big data and the analytics is fun when it comes into, um, you know, the, just the measurement of it, right? So here's my business sort of post or pre-disruption. And now I, I've in, in, instituted some technology and now it's kind of post and I want to see what I'm doing. Um, so that measurement, being able to really, you know, uniquely measure everything in your operational delivery side of your business to do those comparisons and then finding ways in which you can, you know, dial things in, be a little bit more efficient, is big, you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, I, I, I usually take this route, the software now kind of intelligently told me to do something different. Right. What are the, what's the difference between the two? Am I making, was it a good change? Was it a bad change? And my ETAs improve, whatever it is. So using that data and, and analytics certainly is a giant part of this technology because we, and you want to prove that, you know, hey, the technology is working. I don't want to invest in it and just assume <laughs> that, oh, it's technology. I'm spending a lot of money. I'm sure it's helping. No, I we, we really want to dial it in and let them know that, um, you know, down to the penny, this is the difference that it's making in fuel savings or, you know, all the different ways in which, um, you know, this type of technology can help. So that measurement is big and you can't do it without certainly big data. That's interesting because I wasn't even thinking about fuel savings. I get routing and on-time delivery, but that it's probably at least in my mind, a lesser known use case. So that's, 
Now, I could see someone want to know oh, that because I mean, yeah, it's huge, right? It yeah, comes from expense. It's, huge. it's It's amazing what they can save. Just you know, you get a giant fleet of ten thousand drivers, and if wow. you can shave off fifty miles a day per driver, um, it's yeah, it's significant. Um, but it pays for the technology. It's great. I mean, uh, we've had so many customers over the decades say, "Geez, your technology has made me money," and. Um, so what, you know, what, what, a, what a great win-win, right? Yeah, so I think that's uh, an ultimate compliment cool. too when you know, it's yeah. like an immediate impact on the bottom line. So, so that leads me to my next question. So if we t- start talking about cost savings and maybe you know, pulling that further back a little bit to like how do I, you know, as an IT manager, what do I need to know about integrating or implementing you know, dispatch software? Is there something in particular? Like how would you approach it if I was an IT manager or someone who's making the procurement decision? Yeah, well, it certainly has gotten easier uh, over the last ten years. Oh, okay. you know, ten years ago, you know, we the the term API, as you mentioned earlier, wasn't as prevalent as as it is today. Um, more and more systems have gone to the cloud and software as a service or an online, you know, ver- so integrating and exchanging data um, in real time is a lot easier to do. But it's certainly critical for dispatch because the clock is ticking. So as soon as mm. As soon as a customer orders something and they want it delivered and they want it delivered soon, um, that integration is key where, hey, this order's flagged for delivery. It me- needs to immediately get over to dispatch, get optimized on a route, and then slide over to the driver's mobile device um, to, you know, to then get the guy on, you know, he's, he's probably on the road already. Ding right. his mobile device, have it pop up in real time. His route change, hey, you need to pick up here and a delivery here. Um, all that integration with their point of sale system with their e-commerce system and then obviously even sending real-time alerts and etas to the customer to let them know again that the product's on its way all that integration is is certainly necessary and key but it's gotten a lot a lot easier you know certainly and the biggest challenge is always with that point of sale you know if that's something in the last decade it's a lot easier but a lot of them are older um, and then you you know you there's a lot of different techniques that you know we all have to have to get that that data in but it's you know, it's all doable, but it, um, but once that all's dialed in and working and it's, it's ultra efficient, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine. It's pretty, pretty fun to watch. Yeah. And I would expect that's probably one of the first questions you ask as a trusted consultant, you know, how old is your system or software you're using yep. now, right? If not the yeah. you know, second question. Yeah. You're, you're holding your breath a little bit going, geez, I hope <laughs> they don't say this and I hope it's this. And then, you know, all the developers and, and, and IT guys on our end go, oh, you know, Sigh of relief. This is an easy one. Let's go. <laughs> I was about yeah, to say, sure. but uh, that's that's great. And so, you know, looking, let's just say, uh, you know, Jim Ward had to look, you know, in his crystal ball five or ten years from now. What what does the future look like for dispatch software? Well, it's 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 awesome. I mean, it, 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 as, as much as you can look at dispatch software and get excited because um, you know. <laughs> It's not a term that everybody really knows, but um, yeah, with the recent changes with disruption and with the idea that there's a driver shortage, but now there's all these different maybe potential types of ways to do a delivery. Traditionally, it was like I've got my fleet of drivers and I deliver something and then I kind of I kind of dead haul my driver back to the shop and I pick up some or the warehouse and I get some more and I go out and deliver. Well, the whole idea now of crowdsourcing and floating your fleet um, oh, wow. or, you know, as we talk about autonomous vehicles or even drones or some robot type bikes or different scooters, you know, there's a lot of different ways now in which you can deliver a product in an in a urban setting or rural or whatever it is. And dispatch is kind of that central brain. You know, so we can automatically make the decision on any particular order at what is the best way or cheapest way or fastest way to get that product in the hands of their customer. So 
we we really see the the future it's evolving that way where you know technology like ours is the one that's going to you know connect all those dots but then automatically you know call in and, and integrate with those with those fleets and all that's really happening now obviously the drones and the autonomous vehicles are maybe a little bit into the future but probably it's closer than we think but you know the crowdsourced fleets the uh, the on demand type of courier that can be called in whenever it's needed and just they just float their drivers around a, a region and when our area has a, a call for a pickup or delivery they just kind of come in and they they deliver and then they might go deliver and pick up for some someone else so it's a uh, that kind of that kind of future is really where we see you know our technology playing a role and it's actually here now um, it's being done but uh, it's it's pretty cool it's pretty exciting to be a part of that kind of that bleeding edge. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you something, Jim. I, I I think that description as dispatch being the central brain to all this technology, whether it be drones or autonomous vehicles, is great. Uh, I think that really just encapsulates the gist of the conversation. So, it, so if you think about, you know, your typical listener on this segment, what would you want them to take away from this conversation of everything we've talked about? You know, without getting into the weeds of, uh, you know, the intricacies of dispatch, I think the, the biggest thing that, that always pains you and it probably goes back to my 25 years of consulting is to just shop, you know, do your homework, take the right. time to get the, as many demos of the techno of different technology that you can to make sure it fits your, you know, your operation, your business, because with disruption comes, you know, people looking for opportunity. The sharks have swooped in, the venture capital and private equity firms have jumped on this and they're they're ramping up software and technology as fast as they can, trying to race to an IPO or an acquisition. And they're really not the long-term partner that you want to invest in when you're looking at technology and what might be changing in the next five to 10 years. Um, so I'm always a little fearful of, of that. And they have giant marketing budgets and huge raises and uh. et cetera, and that's awesome. And some of those companies are probably great. But yeah, I always always say to everybody, do do their homework. Um, really kind of get take the time to sit through a few demos and, and have the demos shaped to you know, your operation, you know, talk about your pain points and the way that you want to do business and make them demo to you sort of in that way as if it was already running for you. And if you can do that, I think it takes away a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guesswork and a lot of potential to, to uh, you know, invest in something that won't work for you. I think that's great advice. Just thinking long term, get as many demos as you can, you know, know your pain points. I think that's great. And, and so one, we're almost near the, the end of our time. And I uh, want to ask you, maybe it's a uh, you know, too personal of a question, but if you think back to when you first started your business, probably before you were a consultant for those 20 odd years, what advice would you give someone like you, or maybe not like you, looking to start their own company, their own business? Uh, yeah, it's a loaded question. You could you could spend the whole segment. I'm not even really sure, <laughs> but um, giving it, you know, giving that some thought, you know, and you get asked every now and then, you know, the biggest thing that, um, especially nowadays, uh, I think two things is, is one is that you certainly have to be um, willing to take risks, um, mm. and you have to be willing to fail, and uh, and then make sure you fail fast um, and recover, learn, and and don't be afraid to try again. You know, th there is no easy black and white way to, to succeed. Um, it, it's a uh, you know, it's not a it's not a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. But um, and then certainly nowadays, you know, um, you know the culture. The culture of workplaces and and the young workers of today, um, it's, it has to be different. You know, it's different than the way we, we did it 20 years ago. And right, um, you know, so you look at a company like ours that that literally has no set hours, unlimited vacation, um, all the freedom in the world. It takes a, a special kind of culture and person to thrive in that environment. And not every business can probably pull that off. I mean, we're kind of lucky to be in the type of 
type of technology that we are so we can do that um but yeah it's it's really fulfilling to watch and 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 see um and surround yourself with those type of talented people that know more than you do and uh, you give them the freedom to really succeed and and innovate and thrive and, and it just kind of somehow magically all works um but but yeah i think being in tune to, to the culture of today and and being willing to to and be passionate about what you do. I mean, that's certainly the big thing. You got to have fun, you know. And I think that's the the biggest thing is, yeah, um, having fun every day and making work seem like play is uh, is just an awesome. It's an awesome thing. Yeah, that's a tall order, yeah. uh, but I, I'm impressed. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like uh, Jim, you will be around for another ten years. Jim, I just want to say thank you again for being on the show. You were great. Barry, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. And uh, for our listeners, I think that's it from us. My name is Barry Ross, and that was another episode of Rugged Rants. Each a tough and bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. 